Mark chapter 9, verse 42. It's a very eye-opening passage here. We need to get a hold of it, and the world needs to get a hold of it. It's the truth about hell, the real truth. We sung the song, How Beautiful Heaven Must Be. But the truth of this passage is how horrible hell must be. And it is in this passage here. Mark chapter 9, verse number 42. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck, and he was cast into the sea. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands and go to, into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off, and it is better for thee to enter into heaven, enter into life, than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy eye offend thee, Pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell's fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. For every one shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good, but if its salt have lost its saltiness, wherewith will the season, where will it ye season, have its salt in yourself, and have peace with one another. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. We just ask you to open our hearts and minds, Lord. Touch us for this brief moment, Lord. We just ask you to speak to hearts. And Lord, lift us up and encourage us. Empty yourself and fill them with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, talking about the uh, uh, horrors of hell, the, the, the reality of it, and the simply that it is true. In verse 42, and Jesus talks about a stumbling truth so that if the little one's offended, not just to represent the little ones, but those that are uh, new converts, those who are young Christians, if anyone of them offend them, uh, and he talks about if you're serious, if you someone offends them, cause them to stumble, cause them to uh, the, uh, walk away from God, and he said that uh, it is better for them a millstone to be tied around the head and neck and be cast in the sea. And that's a, that's a very serious step that we make sure that we don't offend somebody or cause become a stumbling block for somebody because it's a serious offense for a Christian. And then in verse 43 through 48, 48, Jesus talks about a severing truth. He talks about those that are saved, and he talks about those that are sinners. And he said that when it comes to the hand, foot, and the eye, he's talking about those things that are gateways that lead into our, our lives that represent things that we do, I foot where it carries us to the places and the things we do, our hands that we do with the things we do, and the eyes that we see the things that we do. And Jesus said, uh, don't let these things, don't let your hand, don't let your eye, don't let your uh, feet get you into trouble to cause you to uh, stumble and cause you to fall and cause you to slide in the pits of hell. But also don't let your hands or eyes or your feet cause someone else to stumble and fall into hell. Can I tell you, there's nothing out in this world worth dying and going to hell for. There's nothing worth them. There's no place you can go uh, uh, worth going to hell. There's no place that you can uh, uh, do. There's nothing you can do worth going to hell. There's nothing that you can obtain that's worth going to hell. Uh, and all these represents the sin, the sin that takes men to hell that happens with the hands, feet, and eye. 
And that sin is what ruined man's testimony. And it tells us that the only way that you and I can deal with sin is to sever it, to cut it off. It's like uh, if you had to get your hand cut off, would you want it done quickly or gradually? I'd want it done quickly. And what he's saying is that you need to get the sin out of your life as quick as possible as you can. Don't let it linger. Don't let it grow. Don't let it just take. He said, get rid of that sin. And then in verse 50, 49 through 50, Jesus talks about a salt truth. He's saying that he, you and I are Christians. We ought to live our life in such a way that we are, don't lose our influence and we're able to be a positive effect on the lost and dying world that we're living in. The way that we live our lives that would cause others to say there's something different about those people. I say it often, I want to say it again, that it would be a wonderful statement when somebody leaves the church and truly say that is a church that serves God because people there love everybody in the Spirit of God here. So you want to live your life in a way that influences people to surrender themselves, and you want to live your life in a way that your testimony influences people on living for God. So tonight we're talking about thinking about those truths in the midst of all of them. Three times in this text, Jesus mentions the word hell. And this, this text, Jesus talks about the horrors of it. He talks about the fire, the worm, how it's unquenchable and it never dies. Listen, hell is not some figment of imagination. It's not some story that you tell uh, your children to frighten them. Uh, we use it as a byword in this world today. Uh, Hollywood makes movies of it. It makes seem light of it. So it's not as uh, uh, impacting on the world today because we've softened the reality of hell. We've we, uh, told people that hell is not what, it, you think, what we think it is. And uh, like I said the other night that uh, I talked to those people and they was talking about uh, uh, purgatory and how they were uh, in purgatory and then uh, you could be in purgatory and then you get out of purgatory and I told them there's no such word in the Bible as purgatory it's just some scriptures that people uh, interpret as being purgatory and they don't want to face the reality that there is a burning hell and people do go to hell uh, we try to downplay the the fact that Jesus says there is a hell over and over in this text, he says there's a hell. Not only does Jesus emphasize hell, he also emphasizes the horrors of hell. He says this place you die, you cannot get out of. You don't want to go to hell. The hell's a place you need to be rescued from. And Jesus preaches on the horrors of hell, how is these things offend you that it's better to uh, enter into the kingdom of God, main to enter into the, the pits and fiery pits of hell with the whole, uh, both your hands and both your feet, both your eyes. So we're looking at this aspect of the horrors of hell. And, and this scripture, we see Jesus makes a confirmation of hell in verse 43. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off, it is better for thee to enter into life main than having two hands going into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. In the verses that follow, Jesus confirmed that there is a hell. You know the devil wants the people to believe today there is no such thing as hell. He wants people to think that it is a myth. 
And if we get the uh, down plan, we don't preach on hell enough, uh, hell will not be have the impact in people's lives today, knowing that, hey, everybody's going to heaven. If you talk to enough people, everybody's going to heaven. If you talk to enough people, everybody is saved. But the reality of it is, Jesus said there is a hell. People ask, how do you know there's a hell? Because the Bible said it was. The Bible said there's a hell. Jesus said there was a hell. I don't believe there's a hell because some preacher told me. I don't believe there's a hell just because some church tells me. I believe the Bible, what Jesus said, there is a hell. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus gave this account of a man being in hell. And in this story, Jesus mentions his name. In a parable, Jesus never mentions his name. But in that story, he mentions his name and he gives his name by the name of Lazarus. He mentions his name. He mentions Abraham's name. And that's in a cross from the other side on the great gulf. And the Bible confirms that hell is a real place. He talks about the condition of hell. The rich man, Lazarus, opened up his eyes and he was in hell. He said, just send, uh, 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 send Lazarus over to uh, uh, dip his finger into water. He mentions that. The fire that never quenches. The condition of hell in verse 44 says, Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is never quenched. We're living in a time that is not popular to preach on hell. I don't think it was ever popular to preach on hell. Jesus confirms that there is a hell. He tells us the condition of hell. And he talks about these worms. And he, he highlights the pain of these worms in Acts number 12. And when Herod was uh, uh, held as a god and, uh, and they put him up in a, as a place of a god. And he, did, he didn't put them down. He didn't tell them no. Uh, and, and, and the angels came down on him with the worms. And, and they ate him up. And from the inside they ate him up. And he, he died from the worms. And, and they said this account didn't happen quickly. It was over a period of time that he died. It was something that was ongoing inside of him over and over and he could not escape that pain he could not escape that agony the worms will eat him up here Jesus said the worm never dieth and let me just say that that's not a place you ever want to go to these worms are not going to die when we die we know that our spirit goes back to God we know the body goes back to ground but that soul that soul of man, that soul of woman is either in heaven with God because they're born again, washed by the blood, or they're in that, that, uh, that dark place of hell and there they're being tormented. There they're uh, going through and there the Bible says the fire is not quenched uh, and the worms not dying. He says this is not a good place to go. He said the worm never dies. The condition of hell is a place of torment, a place of pain, a place of agony. And here's, here's the wonder of it all. There is a loving God that's trying to keep everyone from going to hell. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. 
Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was not prepared for man. But because of sin coming in upon humanity in the garden, death and sin came upon man. And man needed to be rescued. Man needed to be uh, saved. And God's love and mercy came upon man. Blood was shed for the remission of sin. Jesus paid the price so that man does not have to go to hell. He talks about the confirmation of hell. There is a hell tonight, and we know there is. The Bible tells us that. He talks about the condition of hell, how, how the torment is not just for a moment, not just a, a brief second, but the torment is over and over and over. There's no relief from it. You cannot escape. There's no such thing as dying in your sins and going to hell and getting prayed out or bought out. You're there. That's where you lay. The Bible says, so tree falleth, there shall lies. You die in your sin, there you die in your sins. He tells us the condition of hell. It's not a place that we, don't, we want to go to. It's not a place that you wouldn't want to visit. It's not a place that you would want your loved ones to go to. That's why it's so important that we, we become witness to this lost and dying world. He talks about the compelling of hell. In verse 45, if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into Halt into life than having two feet and casting hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. He takes it to another step. He's not going to stop talking about hell. He keeps compelling. He's over and over telling people about hell. I don't let nothing keep you from getting saved. Don't let anything keep you from getting saved. I tell people their, their hell is not a place that it doesn't take much to get you to hell except the rejecting Jesus Christ. Here Jesus is still compelling the gospel that you can get, you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. For those that are lost, there's no escape from hell. Let me just say that to the Christian people that know that there is a hell for the Christian people that know Jesus Christ, that still reject him, still run away, there is a place called hell. We need to have that compelling attitude of telling people over and over and over, there is a hell. There is a hell. We never know when someone's going to step out into eternity. You never know. Young, old, man, woman, child, it, you'll never know when somebody steps out in eternity. But when your time comes, you're going to go. That's the reality of life that we know. There's going to come a time that we have to go. And our time is going to be one day. And there are those that live like the devil, holding on to this one thought that I could get saved before my life ends. Before I close my eyes in death, I'll get saved. I'll make things right. I've had them tell me, I just haven't lived all that I wanted to live before I come to God. You might not get that opportunity. The graveyard is full of every age there is. Young, old, man, woman, full of them. 
I, I'd get my life right. I get as close to God today as I can because uh, the reality is there is a hell that we can't go to if we reject Christ. If this world continues to reject Christ and turn their back on God, we'll see that if the world, the Bible says hell enlarges itself daily. That means there's more and more people dying and going to hell than it is going to heaven. That's a, that's a sobering fact there. How many people you come in contact with every day and you think about this? More of them are going to hell than they are going to heaven. More are going to hell than they are going to heaven. If we stop doing what we're supposed to do, if we stop being that, that salt, if we stop being that witness, if we stop being what God has called us to be, we'll see more and more people go to hell than to heaven. There's this compelling that Jesus is telling them over and over and over that there is a hell. I pray that preachers today would get in a pulpit and tell the congregation there is a hell. You don't want to go to this place called hell. Proverbs 21, 27, 1 says, Boast not thyself tomorrow, for thou knowest what the day may hold. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But we know who holds tomorrow. There's this compelling to let people know about hell. Then there's casting into the hell. He says in verse 47, If thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes and to be cast into hell fire. If you die without Jesus Christ, there is no escape from hell. There's no escape. In Revelation 20, it talks about the lake of fire and the death and hell was cast in the lake of fire. And then it said, whosoever not found in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. It's going to be a terrible day. But I don't want to be standing there and seeing somebody that I know that I did not witness to. I don't want to see somebody that stand there and point the finger at me and said, you, you could have told me there was a hell. You could have been more compelling. You could have told me this is real. You, you weren't convincing enough. But let me just say, we ought to be convincing in the fact that we know that there is a hell. And if you, if you shun Jesus, hell will be your home. We ought to be more compelling that there's going to be a people cast in the Lake of fire. I, I get this picture sometimes with my family in the lake of fire, and I see their faces in the lake of fire screaming, begging, wishing they had went to the altar, wishing they had heard, wishing they had answered the call. And I'm thinking to myself, have I done all that I could do? Have I been the instrument that God wanted to use into witnessing to everyone that's around me? Are you a, the instrument that God needs to use to witness to this lost and dying world? Hell is a real place. Hell is a place we don't want anyone to go to. Those who are not found in the book of life will be cast in the lake of fire. 
You go home to your families and you look around. You know who they are. You know where they stand. Ask yourself, have you done all that you could be? I, I know we don't want to be a nag. You know what? It's not nagging them to death. It's nagging them to life. Life everlasting. We need to step up. Like I said this morning, this statement, when you see the needs of others, you're never more like Christ. When we start seeing that need, we start seeing people that's dying and going to hell. When we get that vision, we see that. There's a casting into hell. Each and every one of us is going to have to stand for God and give an account for the things that we did and we have not done. I, I don't want to stand there before God and Him reminding me of the things I did not do, especially witness to somebody I should have witnessed to. I've caught myself a few times here lately walking away from somebody and they moved to the left and I, and I thought, man, I could have said something to them. I could have said something to them. I need to be better at it. You need to be better at it. We need to be a witness. Because hell is real. The horrors of hell is real. Nobody wants to go to hell. You don't want your family to go to hell. You don't want to go to hell. We must be more compelling telling people about hell. So the question that we need to ask ourselves tonight, have you done all that you could do? I don't want to leave this world with an unfinished task and not telling somebody about Christ. I don't want to, tell, I don't want to leave this world without somebody that I didn't witness to. And there's always somebody in your pathway. There's always this little kid came up to me one time and says, you know Jesus? I said, what are you talking about? You know Jesus? I says, no, I don't think I've ever met him. What street does he live on? He said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the Savior. I said, well, what do you know about him? And this, this kid was about nine years old. He said, he saved my soul. I said, well, what was wrong with you? He says, I was lost and dying and going to hell. I said, you were? He says, and if you don't know him, you're lost and dying and going to hell. And I watched that kid as he walked away from me, and he stopped the very next, next person. Do you know Jesus? And it just kept on, kept on, kept on. How wonderful it is that we see a kid do something that adults just will not do. But we should become witnesses. We should tell people about Jesus. And we certainly should tell people about hell. Because it is a real place.